What's up, my friends? It's Rick Mulready here. Listen, if you are feeling like you're struggling to keep up with all the AI opportunities, or maybe you're wondering how to even start leveraging AI in your business without all the headaches, the AIFI newsletter is designed with you in mind, my friend. Every week, I simplify AI for you, showing you how to apply it and integrate it into your business so that you can work less and profit more. As one of my readers put it, it's a must-have for any entrepreneur who wants to get more done in less time. And they said there's a lot of noise out there and your information is up-to-date, yet just feels more calm and more relatable. So I want to invite you to sign up for the AIFI newsletter. It's free. Just go to rickmulready.com forward slash newsletter. That's rickmulready.com forward slash newsletter. I just want to share a bit of the vision I have as as the co-host. I want to make sure that when I interview people, that I do ask them and I share a bit of motivation because I want episodes that I record to be the motivation that helps the listener, you, if you're listening, get up and stand on your feet and then be able to take those strategic steps that you already know to take because you're well-learned and you read books and you listen to podcasts like The Art of Online Business. All right, welcome to a bonus episode here of the podcast Monday episode coming your way here today. Uh, yes, we're live back from sabbatical. If you did not hear Friday's episode, make sure that you listen to it because I share with you how many lessons, nine lessons that I learned during my four-month sabbatical. I'm getting a lot of questions from people of how I'm doing and, and everything. And I answer all that. I'm doing great, by the way. But I answer all those questions in that Friday in just a couple days episode, a couple days, a couple days ago episode on Friday's episode. And in that episode, huge announcement. I have added a co-host to this podcast here. And in that episode, in Friday's episode, I share with you why and how I got to that thinking and, and that sort of thing. And the co-host is Quajo. Quajo, who has been doing episodes here on the podcast, kind of off and on throughout my sabbatical, uh, really well-received episodes. The, the download numbers were really, really great during his episodes. And so Quajo is the new co-host here of the Art of Online Business. And so that is why I wanted to do this bonus episode with him where you get to know Quajo and what he's going to be bringing here to the podcast. You're going to hear, you're going to hear what his background is and uh, why he does what he does. Uh, a lot of business talk as far as what he's been doing in terms of his business. And then also towards the end, we talk about more personal side. And uh, I just wanted to do this because I think it's really important that you learn um, a lot about you know, as he becomes the co-host of the podcast here. So without further ado, Let's go hang out with Quajo. So Quajo, I just announced on Friday's episode, so today's a special bonus episode. I announced on Friday's episode that you are newbie of the Art of Online Business podcast. So officially, even though you've been doing episodes, you did a bunch of episodes for me while I was on sabbatical. Right. And this is our first episode together. So officially, welcome to the Art of Online Business Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'm excited. It's it's an honor to be the co-host. And yeah, I'm, I'm appreciative. So for, for everybody listening right now, you might hear my voice right now. It's a little raspy. So this is the second day that I'm back from sabbatical. And yesterday was the day that I recorded the episode that just came out on Friday, sharing the lessons that I learned. 
And it was longer than I expected. And I finished that episode in the afternoon. I almost lost my voice completely because it wasn't used to talking so much in continuous fashion. So I literally have, I'm not drinking coffee right now. I'm drinking green tea with some lemon and honey. (laughs) Shouldn't chamomile tea work better for that? I'm you trying to put me to sleep. I don't want to fall asleep here on the. It's okay. You have, you have that late night DJ voice. So I do, I do, which I kind of like personally. But uh, yeah, I'm really excited to have you as a co-host here on the show. And uh, as I mentioned in Friday's episode, you did a bunch of episodes for the podcast in August Mm -hmm. and the download numbers were really, really high. So people listening right now really want to hear what you have to say. And so what I thought I'd do in this bonus episode is a little bit about get to know you, you know, who a little about behind the scenes of who of who Quajo is. Um and I just want to tell a quick story and then I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll turn it over to you. So first of all, before I tell that story, on mm-hmm. Friday, I gave a quick high-level overview of what you do. So why don't we start there and then I'll go back to the story in just a second. So what is it that you do? What do you specialize in? Well, I specialize in managing Facebook ads for the same established online course creator and online coach audience that the Art of Online Business serves. So ideally, that's someone who wants to scale up from, let's say, $150,000 annual gross revenue up to like $900,000 gross annual revenue. And I certainly- Why not not a million? Why not a million? Because when I say a million, one, I feel like we're kind of numb to those round numbers. And Mm. so 900,000 sticks in their head, kind of like you just asked me, well, why not a million? And also, quite frankly- the clients that I have been able to serve the best really do fit into that range that yeah. I just like expressed with you. So them with ads and then also with funnel fixing, which is just, well, once the leads come in, how do you convert those leads at a higher rate <laughs> to use very cold terminology? But how do you how do you end up taking that gift that you have or that they have and serving more people with it? That's what I help with funnel fixing and then yeah. Facebook ads management. And so, and you're also a coach. You're also, and I think that goes into the funnel fixing, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I, what's, what's unique about your ads management services is that you're not just running ads, but you also have a deep knowledge of funnels and okay. If the overall funnel is not working, it's something I've talked about on the podcast for years now. Yeah. It's, it's a case of, all right, let's break it down piece by piece rather than looking at it you know, overall and say, Oh, I don't know what's going on because it's too big. Yeah. So whereas a lot of ad managers are just looking at the ads themselves and maybe over to the landing page, you're able to look at that piece all the way through to the end of the funnel and say, Oh, our ads are working, but X, Y, and Z in the funnel is not. Is that correct? It is correct. I have you to thank for all of that. I mean, I've been coaching with you inside of the accelerator for so long now. And, uh, You taught me everything I know. It's like a few books that I read, but I mean, we've had so many sessions where you have been watching my coaching sessions and giving me feedback because I was working with your clients and, you know, I love it. I love yeah. it. And uh, yeah, I've, I've learned a lot. And in addition to the ads management for people who are not quite ready for ads management, you're also doing coaching, correct? You're doing ads and funnel coaching. That doubles as the funnel fixing that is what okay. the funnel fixing is. Yeah. So it's like a short strategy call. If somebody's not ready to do ads, then they hop on the call with me 
And geez, that has looked like me setting up someone's ad campaign because I do that all the time, like right there on Zoom for them. Or we get tons of questions, some of which will be in the upcoming episode, the top 10 Facebook ads questions that I've gotten over this past summer. But yeah, I I hope I'm right right there on a funnel fixing strategy call. Do you you want to announce one of the new series that you're going to start doing on the podcast here? (laughs) Mixing in, mixing in on the Fridays. So as all of you know, I do quick tip Fridays and they have gotten longer than originally planned. I'm getting them back down. But Quaja and I did a lot of talking about starting to mix in some other episodes. You want to share what those are going to be? Now I have to make a like a teaser, a movie, a movie trailer. Now Let's you have to, to commit to it. If you're watching it, I'm getting close to the mic. In a world where online business... That's right. <laughs> Funnel Fixing Fridays. Or Funnel yep. Fix Fridays. Funnel Fix Fridays. Yeah. Funnel Fix Fridays. And what's going to happen is, is I will let you, listener, submit. You have to apply. But I'll be reviewing funnels. I'll be reacting to funnels, reviewing funnels, doing the exact same thing that I would do on a discovery call, seeing what's working, seeing what I would change, giving you three or four easily applicable tips and changes that you can make to your funnel right away, but then also touching on like what I would do long-term to make that funnel work better. Funnel Fix Fridays. Nice. So I'll be mixing those in on the Friday episodes. I'm really excited about those. Yeah, me too. So I, I always use, I used to use you as an example of when people were applying for Accelerator and they would learn what time the coaching calls were. And uh, they used to be at, at noon Pacific uh, on, I believe it was Mondays. And they would say, oh, that time's, I'm in another country or, or what have you. My, the time zone doesn't, it, it doesn't quite work for you. And especially with Australia, I used to get that a lot from, even though we had Australian people from Australia in, and New Zealand in Accelerator, that was a big, I'll, I will call it an excuse that people would use. And so I just, I just look at that as... If you want something bad enough, you're going to do whatever it takes to do it. And I would use you as an example, because when you started in Accelerator, however many years ago that was, you were in China. And so I don't know what the time difference was, but I I remember you being on our calls and it was like three in the morning Mm -hmm. and you were sitting at the table. It was and sometimes like you're at, at that point, baby was off to the side. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. And so here it is three in the morning, like the next day, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And you're on the calls and you were getting valuable advice and all this other stuff. And so I, I just I love sharing that story because that when you want something bad enough, you're going to do what, what it takes to make it happen. And here you are in China getting up at three in the morning once a week to do these calls with us and getting the benefits from it that way. What were you doing in in China. So I was an international school English as a second language teacher doing that well and then read one of these articles and decided I'm going to just jump ship and start my own business, right? Teaching Chinese to expats, which is just a fancy word for immigrants, to China. And I just wanted it to be successful. And I don't remember how I, I must have heard you somewhere in the podcast lands. And up till then, I think I had been growing my business or trying to grow it for about a year. Mm-hmm. And I had the equivalent of a Facebook group, but on Chinese software. And I was just teaching my heart out because I really, in my heart is languages. I love communicating in foreign languages. 
And so it was going what I thought well. Um, <laughs> but before I say what you changed, I'll just say that, yeah, absolutely. I got up at 2 a.m. And then I think it was either 2 or 3 a.m. And who was in the living room? It was my son. And he must have been like five months old. And so I'm trying to like participate in the Zoom calls and yeah. not wake. I think actually a couple times he woke up. So I had to like grab him and rock him. Yeah. But like it's the other thing, too, though, is yeah. is, you know, people would say, oh, I can't make the live events because I'm X, Y, Z. Well, I think we had a live event, a retreat coming up in like a matter of weeks when you joined and you were there. You were here in San Diego. You came you flew yeah. over to San Diego. And it yeah. was at that point that we as a group determined how much you were actually making per hour based on the <laughs> amount of work that you were doing. And what was it? So it was like less than a dollar. I think it was like 77 cents. And I felt, so the hot seats were amazing. I mean, obviously, I personally know after being an accelerator how good it is, but you just really can't understand how much value there is until you're on those calls, until you're in person. And so after the the first time, it was in faith, right? But then after that, I was like, for sure, I'm getting up. I don't care. I will be there. And yeah, yeah I was super scared. And you put me in a hot seat. And uh, I remember writing my questions on that, bo- on that like, what was it, like an easel with a flip paper yep. in like yep. an air. I'm like, oh, Lord, what are they going to tell me? And right there, like you and some of the other participants calculated my hourly rate, seven cents an hour. And I think you ended up saying, so wait, Quajo, you can be like my human dictionary and I can like message you anytime throughout the day. And I only have to pay like 70 cents, yeah. 77 cents an hour. And I was like, yeah. head low. Because <laughs> I'm in a room with... Yeah. If you're like, you're like, well, if you put it like that, it's like, well, that is reality. Right. But I mean, I didn't fly across the Pacific Ocean to be sugarcoated. Like I right. was there to grow. Like that was the point. And grow I did because the next strategies that you guys just told me to do, like I was scared, but I remember doing it right there. You're like launch group coaching program. Now you cannot leave this two day retreat until you do it. And, and you uh, did. I did it. Yeah. So, so, so the business started to grow a bit, but then other things started a to bit. happen. It grew a lot. It grew yeah. a lot. Yeah. A huge amount. I mean, yeah. So it was growing a lot. I was booking stages, speaking at events, went on an influencer trip. That was nice. My wife did not like that though. Random story though. I did get to go on an influencer trip to the Hawaii of China, a place called Sanya. And one of my students in the new group coaching program that I launched when I was in the accelerator, her name, oh, dang it, now it's not going to, it completely left my mind. Anyway, one of the students is Brazilian and she's an actress in China, right? And so I'm doing the right thing. I'm telling my wife what's going on down there, which is just us going around to places, you know, but she's in the north of China, cold, because it's like November now after I like uh, left the first retreat in the summer. And so it turns out that this lady had joined my Chinese coaching program, loved it. Then she was on the same influencer trip. And you know what she did in 2020? She became Miss World, as in she almost won. No, sorry. Miss Universe Brazil, as in she almost won Miss Universe. A lady from Mexico beat her out. Um, Oh, wow. Yeah. Right. So that's a random story. I'm growing the business at this point like the group coaching program that you guys forced me to launch thank god you did was growing i think i did four cohorts then it was like you know 700 800 program for six weeks this kind of deal and then 
on January 13th, 2020. I will never forget that day because it was the last day I ever lived in China. But we took a vacation to Mexico. And like everyone knows, the pandemic broke out. Or maybe it was earlier, but the world found out a couple weeks later. And that absolutely, let's just say it destroyed my life. I mean, my life is good now. But at that point in time, we heard the news. We were happy to quarantine in Mexico because, you know, like quesadillas and tacos. <laughs> and nobody really understood what was going on at that point yeah. in time. But what we did know was that our friends in China, no matter what you believe about quarantine, they were doing quarantine. Like one person per family could leave their household every week. And like people's doors are being taped from the outside to be monitors. There's like gates everywhere, you know. So we didn't want to go back. We kept quarantining. Then we found out in April that China was shutting down the borders. And we we're like, we'll just wait it out. Well, they didn't open up the borders until this year, 2023, in January. And so what happened was that I had to shutter my business because you have to be in China in order to renew all your business paperwork. Yeah. So I had to shutter it. That sucked. And then it came time to renew like rent for our place. It's like this four-bedroom nice spot in China. Also weren't there to sign all the paperwork to renew for another year or two. And... At this point, it's like August, and we have no idea when we can get back into China, you know? Plus, this it's is, like- This is August 2020. Right? August 2020. Yeah. I've already been paying rent and not living there, but so I've been paying an Airbnb in Mexico since January, rent for my business office in China since January, rent for our apartment in China since January, and we decided to sell just to get rid of everything. So like, thank God we had friends who went over there, but if you guys are watching- Go to the website, theonlinebusiness.com or the YouTube channel under the same name and look what I'm holding up. It's my phone. So imagine having to go through your four-bedroom house of like five years looking through your iPhone on FaceTime while your friends are on the other end and they're pointing at like through this little screen at things and you're trying to figure out like what you do and you don't want, but you left your house in a bit of disarray. And you kind of don't even remember what you really have because you never thought that you would never see it again. So we got, I think, out of our whole place, six luggages out of our house. And we didn't even see those six luggages for another year. And so the context is, is we left for vacation with two kids, nine-month-old and a four-year-old-ish, and one check-in luggage and a couple of carry-ons. And uh, that's the last time I've seen China since. And that, and so it's like the, the longest, like permanent vacation sort of thing. Yeah. You're telling me, I mean, I love it here in Mexico. Now you're still in Mexico. Mexico. I'm still in Mexico, central Mexico. It looks like it's not the beach and palm trees that people think when I say Mexico, it's, it's high and dry, like Phoenix, Arizona. It's it's like desert and scorpions and snakes and cacti everywhere. No, thank you on the snakes. No, thank you on the snakes, but I love it here. So yeah, Rick, that's. That was my 2020. And when I mean like destroyed, it was like at that point I was 40 and everything that I had been building in China for 12 years, I lived over there. I had no plans of leaving, just came to a screeching halt. It was like I just walked into the Great Wall of China and fell over and cried a lot. And so that's kind of when we started our business relationship, right? Yeah. Wait, you're 43 right now? I am 40. I'm 42 right now. So 42. I must have been 39. 
I don't think I knew that. You look like you're 27. (laughs) You know what they say? Black don't crack. Thank you for the melanin. Um, Yeah. And and when you were going through that, I remember you saying, well, we might be able, we're going to try to get back at this time and try to go back at this time. And it kept getting pushed back and pushed back in 2020. And so I brought you on into my business to uh, do some marketing. And at what, what point did you... I mean, you were you were interested in ads because you had been running ads, if I'm not mistaken, back then from time to time, not for any other clients or anything like that, but for yourself. So you you had a base knowledge. At what point did you take a greater interest? I, I don't recall. At what point did you take a greater interest in in Facebook and Instagram ads? Two ladies just finished their Facebook ads set up to success calls with me. And if you have a similar challenge to them, then this kind of call might be for you. It's one-on-one, three calls with me over the course of 28 days, and you will have run a successful Facebook ads campaign during our time together. And the one-on-one coaching also happens with unlimited Voxer access to me in between those calls. And I have two spots left for June. So the first lady, she was boosting posts from Instagram (laughs) and she needed me to show her how to do the about the same thing inside of Facebook ads. And I showed her how to do it with better targeting so she can reach the kind of people that she wants with more control for her business. The second lady had a program revamp and she was looking to run lead magnet ads to her new pro or to her new lead magnet so that she could sell people into the program. So we looked at a number of lead magnets that she had and decided the best one for ads and then looked at some data that helped us understand how we would best run ads to that lead magnet. I helped her get her ad account set up and in shaped and brainstorm. And we also took a look at her landing page to decide which landing page style would convert. And these are the kinds of things that I do during these Facebook ads set up to success calls for you. If you need, go to theartofonlinebusiness.com forward slash call or click on that same link down in the show notes below so that you can run your own Facebook ads successfully without having to hire an ad manager. I will show you everything I know to get your ads up and running. Well, not everything, sorry. I should say I will show you everything that's necessary so that I'm not overwhelming you, but so that you can get good results just like I can. I coach you step by step. You get to leverage in less than a month Lots of the things that took me longer than three years to learn. Hope this finds you well. Chat soon. After meeting you, Mm -hmm. doing marketing for you. So yes, I did have an interest already because I did it for myself, but I did it the wrong way back Mm -hmm. in 2019 and 2018 and 2019. I did it the wrong way. And so I had, I was like plenty of businesses who had a big social media following In fact, to this day, when I get on discovery calls to manage people's Facebook ads or fix their funnels, the ones that decided to stalk me around the internet, they're like, 
what do you actually do? And why do you teach Chinese right now? Because the yeah. social media presence is still strong. And that's all people can find when they Google me is me speaking Chinese, you know? But yeah. um, I did that for myself. I ran ads and uh, I grew, I was really good at Instagram back in the day. Um, and YouTube. And YouTube, right? 20,000 person, 20,000 subscribers on YouTube and 27,000 followers at the peak on on Instagram. It, it was fun. So then working with you though, I realized this is how we really do ads. And I had learned a bit more since I was in the accelerator previous to that. Like, But yeah, you helped me really get my feet wet as far as doing Facebook ads the right way. And you really know how to think about Facebook ads. And I still hear people saying that, like, Rick really taught me how to think and look at it strategically. Well, I mean, thank you for saying yeah. that. Well, I think a lot, of people, a lot of people look at it like, oh, I'm just gonna, I just need to do X, Y, and Z so that I can accomplish A, if you will. And like all that's all well and good, but you, you do need a bigger picture to be thinking about ads when it comes to running ads and why you're running them, et cetera, et cetera. So after a while, you became an ads coach and a, a business coach and funnels coach inside of Accelerator. You also started working for another ads manager as you know part of their team. Yep. What were what were some of the big things that that you learned through that experience? The systems, just mm. how ads seem like a mystery. It's hard to, you know, they talked about the curse of expertise where after you've just been in the thick of something, yeah. you just can't see it like, like a beginner would see it, right? Right, yeah. But I remember starting in that ads agency and realizing first how little I knew, second, oh my gosh, the such a wide variety of different clients and different online business niches that were crushing it with their ads. And then third, the systematic approach to just testing Facebook ads like a machine, you know, and sticking to the data and scrapping what doesn't work, coming out with, you know, new components for ads and, and testing and testing and testing and testing. I had, I thought I had an idea, but I really didn't until I started working at that Facebook ads agency. And learning the systems and it's not like, it's like, okay, I'm going to start an ad campaign and I'm just going to start throwing stuff up. Like there's Absolutely a system to not. it and how we're going to test and yes. do audience research, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Yes. Um, there's no, there's very little guesswork, but that makes perfect sense because when somebody is trusting you with an ad budget, like those are their hard earned dollars. So it's like, you better not be guessing. You got to know what you're doing. Yeah. So talk about that for a sec. Cause that's a really interesting point. Cause most people think when they're running ads or thinking about ads, it is guesswork. But you just said it's not guesswork. Tell us no. more about that. Well, it's not. So let me pull back the curtain and show you why it's not. So somebody decides to work with me and have me manage their Facebook ads. The first thing I'm doing is giving them a super long questionnaire. Sorry if you don't like questionnaires and you're thinking about this, but we have to research the audience because yeah. if we're targeting, we need to make sure. And I get this question all the time. Like, how do I know my ads are targeting the right people? Well, we have to do the research and that takes a bit of time. Yeah. Then the next thing we're doing is we're coming up with ad copy, which is not just us like using AI with a simple three line prompt and getting ad copy. Like we're diving into, let's call it the customer avatar that we've compiled um, from the questionnaire and then done research on them around the internet and pulling together ad copy, writing it, submitting it to the client. And then when you launch the ads, it's like, no, you start with five or six graphics. You start with 
three pieces of good, well-researched ad copy and headlines, and then you start testing all those combinations systematically, yeah. same time every time, inside of an audience. And once you get to a good cost per lead, then it's time to test different audiences. It's very, it's very methodical, um, yeah. very little guesswork. If, uh, if anybody listening is working with an ads manager or thinking about working with an ads manager and they don't have you fill out a, at least a decently long questionnaire, I would, that's a red flag. That's a red, that's a red flag. If people want to work, I just throw this in there. If people want a shameless plug, if people want to work with you or get on a call with you, what can they do? Right now they can go to quajo.com and book a call. That's Q-U-A-Y-J-O.com. Go there, read up, book a call. The link is in the show notes below. And uh, what else should people know about you coming on to the podcast? As I talked about on Friday's episode, when I introduced the fact that you're going to be the new co-host here, you know, I think that you really bring a, a diverse voice to the conversation in that you're working with clients like you've been talking about on a daily basis. So and, and I am, yes, but in a different way. You're, you're in the back end of their marketing and their funnels and their ads. So you get to see literally what's working and what's not working to mm-hmm. your point that you just mentioned. It's very methodical. So you're getting to see, oh, this worked well. This didn't work well. Why did we test this sort of thing? You know, they experienced this sort of reduction, whatever. You're seeing that on a daily basis and you can really bring that to these types of conversations. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's that's one thing I'm really, really excited about. And everybody listening here, I hope that you're excited as, as well. What haven't we talked about that you want to make sure that people uh, know about you coming onto the, show, onto the show here? I mean, I guess we've talked about expertise and yep. it, it's kind of hard to even keep talking about that. I, I've started working with you. It's been a number of years in Accelerator and yep. I'm ever grateful for the experience. I mean, you're the Rick Mulready, like. When I drop your name, people know so who weird. you are. It is just another it's dude. <laughs> it's true. But I mean, from coaching clients for the years, from being in like literally being and seeing the back end of their business to crunching the numbers to, I mean, we've seen people just share their hearts out right? yeah. inside of Accelerator as we're touching upon things. Because you're not just about building some or increasing somebody's profitability. That third thing, the increasing their impact, you know, reducing their hustle, increasing their profit and increasing their impact. And when you start talking about impact, like I've been, I would say I've been blessed to see so much of the kind of impact that people really are doing with their businesses across so many different niches. So professionally, I've been running my own business, managing Facebook ads and fixing funnels now for coming up on a year anniversary, right? And about me personally, I live in Mexico and I love learning foreign languages. I got two kids. They just went back to school. Um, one is going into second grade. The other is in the second year of kindergarten. They got three years of kindergarten here in Mexico, which is like if you're listening from the States, it's like preschool plus kindergarten, but two years of preschool, one year of kindergarten. Mm. And for me, it's been it's been a blessing to be here in Mexico. I've always wanted to live overseas. I mean, that's why I was in China for 12 years. I love speaking foreign languages. If you have any desire, you've already seen it come out a little bit, Rick, but like 
if anyone ever shows just the ECTT bit of desire that they want to live in another country, I'm like all over it. Here's how you do it. Yeah. Here's the way. It's simple. It's fun. You know, like that's that's what I love. Just meeting people, speaking, communicating in foreign languages, speaking. I still speak Mandarin Chinese with my son, actually. A hundred percent. So impressive. Wait, a hundred percent of the time? Really? Maybe 98% of the time. It really is a lot. Well, because you got to understand language is like my hobby. So yeah. many people are like, Quajo, you're so good at languages. You learn so quick, but it's just like the thing, like if we're talking deep down passion that I was meant for, it it's really is communicating with foreign language. And um, so my daughter was in kindergarten when we were in China still, right before we got stuck out. And during that year, I had still hoped even though I was hoping to get to China, I still hoped we could so that my son could go into daycare or something. And so I just kept speaking Mandarin to him. I actually only spoke Mandarin to my daughter, but because she struggled with stuttering, um, the doctors advised not that growing up in a multilingual environment means you'll stutter. Absolutely not. Scientifically, we don't know the reason for stuttering, actually. But mm. in order to help her get over that issue it would be better to provide a more rich linguistic environment in only two languages spanish and english rather than mandarin too so i stopped with her yeah interesting but with him and maybe it was you know being a bit vulnerable maybe it was also therapy for myself like i just never stopped and i needed i probably needed somebody i do need somebody to speak mandarin with and so i just kept speaking mandarin with him he speaks mandarin now and people kind of look at us sideways, like, what's going on there? And um, Does yeah, he speak we... English, Spanish, and Mandarin? Yes. That's unbelievable. Yeah. English is his, well, English and Spanish are fighting for, like, first place. Yeah. That's the language with my kids. Because they go to school, but it's a local Mexican school. So it's in Spanish all day long. And then they speak English at home. We're like immigrants here. And then um, he does speak he does speak Mandarin. He's going to have his pick of jobs when he grows up in That's so many a, languages. Ideally. Yeah. Ideally. We'll see. Who knows what's going to happen um, with jobs, you know? I will, I will say that I am completely the opposite when it comes to languages. Really? I can't stand learning new languages because okay. it's very, because I find it very difficult. I took three years in, I took three years of Spanish in high school yeah. and then three semesters in college and i could like i can tell you what the word for orange is there you go <laughs> a few word. other ones but that's like <laughs> that's the extent of it so anyway, it's a blast i mean i want to i want to ask you and this will encourage people to come over to the youtube channel as well as we as we wrap up here okay i've actually always wanted to know this i've never asked you before over your left shoulder there is a picture <laughs> of an ape in a an astronaut uh uniform i almost said costume uniform spacesuit thank you space ape if you will space ape and then over your right shoulder you have something that gives me anxiety every time i see it it is the it's the vision test where you have the large letter and then the letters get smaller it gives me anxiety because i have really bad vision in my right (laughs) eye that's a whole other story for a different time but yeah why do you have those up on your wall so unfortunately, the answer is not super intriguing. The ape, I saw, I, when you live overseas, it's, it's a transient community, right? If you're talking about the expat community, people are there on contracts with businesses or jobs. They come and they go. And I saw this ape at a friend's house. He ended up needing to move back to Chicago. He runs a big factory. And I was like, I want that. 
and I was able to get it for pennies on the dollar based on what it's worth. So that is why I have it. That's going to be the, the plan was to have it be the background for my own personal brand YouTube channel, which I'm starting right now. So it's there. That's okay. the ape. And it reminded me, did you know that, you know, the, um, what was that? The board ape, was it board ape yacht club? For a hot second when NFTs were super popular, it was like the ape in the same pose, but they were unique and they each had like different kind of clothing. Anyway, it reminded me kind of of that. Okay. I have no so, idea what that is, but okay. It's, it's okay. It's, it's, if you're looking to understand this ape visually, it is an ape in a spacesuit and he kind of looks forlorn, like he's bearing the weight of global warming on his shoulders. Like it's mm. a cool ape. And the... It's just an antique eye test. It's a real eye test. It's a true antique. It's not a print. And um, I just thought it would be unique. I needed something to fill up the space on the other side of my of my wall. Nice. Yeah. I need something over here and this over my right shoulder. You do. You yeah, do. I don't know what. I have little Marvel figures on the top of my couch right here. So if you're watching, I'm pointing to them right now. Nobody knows what they are. And they think they're little toys. I mean, they basically are. And my daughter plays with them. But yeah, I'm going to move them. I, I need something cool up there. Do I basically you, want to turn my office into like a coffee shop. Um, do you remember the Pink Panther? Yes. Did you like the Pink Panther? Like the original? The cartoon. Oh. Uh, no, nah, I wasn't a big pan Pink Panther fan. Oh, okay. Well, then maybe no. you're not going to do Pink Panther. Maybe you could get like Andy Warhol-esque painting of yourself. Like the four grids and the crazy colors. That could be cool. Of myself? Well, why not? Oh, me up on the wall? <laughs> You're oh, a real personality. You got the wall on my left has become all the pictures that Maya, my daughter, draws. Yes. It's not on camera, but it's I, yeah. I can look at it right. I'm looking at them right here and just great to brings me happiness. So oh, I understand. I completely 100% understand. <laughs> like they're on the wall, out of sight of the camera. They're all downstairs. So we try to contain them to the playroom. And uh, yeah, I think I was just telling you. My son just turned four back in uh, March, and it's like my wife and I just can't stop looking at pictures when he was a little baby. So, yeah, yeah. this has been a really cool um, interview, Rick. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that we got to yeah. do. I hope that if you're still listening right now, thank you for still listening. Very different episode, obviously, that we normally do here, but which is why we're doing it as a bonus episode. But I thought it'd be really, really important to do, you know, a um, uh, background episode on you know who who is Quajo. Um, the other thing I will say as we wrap up here, you are one of the best storytellers <laughs> that you always have stories. And I don't remember what the story was, but you, we were in Vegas for one of our accelerator <laughs> retreats. And at the team dinner before the retreat started, mm. we were sitting at a round table in this Italian restaurant. And we you just whipped out this story. It was so random. But it was so, I don't even remember what it was, but I remember laughing hysterically. And you always have a great story. So that's another thing you're bringing to the podcast here is your great storytelling. Well, can I share one thing before we wrap up? I just want to sure. share a bit of the vision I have as, as the co-host. Yeah. Which is, I want to make sure that when I interview people, that I do ask them and I share a bit of motivation. Because I want episodes that I record to be the motivation that helps the listener, potentially the listener who, you know, you have a business, but they're just in a dark spot in their business. Like maybe you're not sure that you're going to get through the next week and maybe it hurts that much more because you've already had a successful business. You've already gotten your business well off the ground 
and things are just tough because I want my episodes to be the episode I needed when I was stuck outside of China. My whole future was shot, at least the future that I could see was mm -hmm. shot. And I'm in my in-law's basement, my in-laws who are anti-anti-China. I love them. They're anti-China. And they're like, you wasted 12 years of your life. Now you got nothing. And I'm literally like praying figure eights in the morning in my basement, usually crying. Like I want episodes to be motivational or to have a section that's motivational to help the listener, you, if you're listening, get up and stand on your feet and then be able to take those strategic steps that you already know to take because you're well-learned and you read books and you listen to podcasts like The Art of Online Business. So that's a bit about me, Ben. I can't wait to share more. Yeah, I love it. We've got an episode coming up here about uh, the top Facebook ads questions that, that you get. And I, it's going to be sort of a tag team on those questions, which I'm really excited about. So thank you, everybody, for listening. You made it this far. Appreciate you. Pedro, really excited to have you here on the, uh, on the podcast as a co-host. And thanks for today. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Hope you enjoyed this inside look at Quajo. That sounds kind of weird, right? Uh, background and learning more about who Quajo is. Really excited, as I've been saying, to uh, welcome him as the new co-host here of the Art of Online Business podcast. Uh, thank you for listening. I appreciate you. I'll see you in the next episode. Do you want to avoid the seven biggest mistakes that burn through course creators ad money? I see these over and over and over again, and I put them together in a mini email series. This is not fluff. Each of the seven mistakes, I also have a recorded video tutorial showing you inside of Facebook ad manager how to fix those mistakes. This is good, solid, and it will save you money or help you make more money with your Facebook ads click down in the show notes below. You'll see the link and you can go download it right now for free.